Aider, you're welcome to live podcast. The very first episode. Wow, I'm so excited. I'm really happy you joined. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today, I'm going to introduce you to someone really special. Some of y'all know him from Maverick City Music, and some of y'all know him from Transformation Church. Nonetheless, he is a worship leader. And we talked about, what did we talk about again? Okay, yeah. So <laughs> we talked about the heart of worship and characters of worship. Sorry, I forgot my script. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> we talked about characters of worship leader and the art of worship leading and several other stuff that I I benefited benefited from. I'm so <laughs> sorry about that. The spe- <clears throat> okay, so. And other stuff that I was really blessed, honestly. I was. This is not a part of my script because I've forgotten my script, but I was really blessed. And I, it's my earnest prayer that you get blessed from this podcast too. If you're a worship leader, tune in and send me a message. Great to have you here. Bye. Was I supposed to say bye? <laughs> hey, hey. Hello. How are you? How you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Uh, it's oh been a busy God. week for me, but I'm I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. You doing good? <laughs> are you nervous? I am very nervous. <laughs> That's okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad to be here hanging out with you. Thank you so much, Sal. <laughs> Did you think I was not going to show up? Or you I said I wasn't going to show up? At some point, I thought you weren't going to show up. <laughs> I, I'm you still you're, 16, not- you're 15 or 16? What did you say? 16. 16? Yeah. That is awesome. And, and where do you live again? Lagos, Nigeria. That's so awesome. I want to go to Lagos so bad. It's very good to have you around. <laughs> yeah, I want to come. I want to come. I want to go to Nigeria. So I've never been. I've only been to South Africa. That's it. Oh, okay. I know it's like a very, very, very long way away from there. Yeah, right. I've never been out of my country, so I, I can't relate. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I get it. I just got to write that right. Yeah, All right. right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to live podcast and today we have someone really special. I mean, I was so nervous, I almost fell asleep. Yeah, I was <laughs> nervous, very nervous. <laughs> hey, hey, what up? Yes, I'm KJ. I am KJ Scriven. I live in the, uh, in the US, on the East Coast in North Carolina, North Carolina slash South Carolina. <laughs> and uh, I'm a I'm a worship pastor and creative arts pastor at my church at Transformation Church. Uh, more importantly than that, I uh, am married to Kyra Scriven, it's my wife. I have a daughter who's five years old. Her name is Allison. And um, I love uh, songwriting, um, production, leading worship. I love people. I love the gospel. I love the Bible. I love uh, and I love seeing people reach their redemptive. Uh, potential. Uh, also, mentorship is very, very, very important to me. You may have like 
seen some of my writing I've you know written and from people like you know Ty Tribbett and Travis Green and uh, Fantasia and you know a few others and um, so that's why you and you might have heard me like maybe featuring on some of those albums as well singing and uh, most recently done some stuff with um, Maverick City Music um, a yeah. song called Man of Your Word which is like um, the single for the new um, album Mav 3 which just came out and uh, I also just released a single myself um, yesterday called Perfect God. And so, um, so yeah, love music and love the Lord, love people, and excited to be here today with you, Laura. I'm really glad. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a couple of questions that I wrote for myself and from my friends. So okay. the first question here is, how can I deal with self-doubt? as a worship leader? Yes. How do you deal with self-doubt? That's a good question. So confidence comes from a couple of things. Confidence comes from first, I'll start with, the, this is not the most important one, but I'll just start this one first because it's the easiest one to, to, um, to talk about. I can talk about it really quickly and then I'll tell you the other one that's most important. But I think confidence comes from two really big factors. The first factor is your preparation. And I believe that um, the more you practice, the more you prepare, the, the more confidence you feel. And I'll even say to worship leaders, to musicians, to know your stuff inside and out. Know your words really well. Know your, you know, your chords. Know your, what you want to do vocally. Um, and even I would even say, when you sing songs, think about the scriptures that coincide with those songs. Yeah. Um, so my point is like, so, so know everything about what you're doing at that moment, you know, know everything about it. And so when you walk into it, right, if, if you're, if, if you're, if you're walking into leading worship and you're thinking like, what's the words on that second verse? What's the words on that bridge? <laughs> um, if you're doing stuff like that, then now you're not thinking about what you're, you're not, you're not thinking about what the, the, the meaning of what you're saying. You're thinking about like, what are the actual words? And so when you know your when you know your stuff, then you're confident uh, because you're not worried about the part. You're worried about okay, how do how do I honor God in this, and how do I how do I um, engage people, you know, in the gospel as I lead worship. So I would just say confidence comes from uh, first thing first. Confidence comes from preparation. That's number one. Yeah. Um, the second thing that I would say is um, confidence comes from identity in Christ, identity in God. Um, your value, you, it, it, and, and you may have heard that a lot. We hear that a lot, like, you know, your, your identity is in God. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, like, what does that actually mean? Um, and why? Why should we put our identity in God and, and not have our identity in um, um, other people's opinions? So, Here's, uh, so here, here, let's, let's start here. Um, Matthew chapter three, in Matthew chapter three, at the end of the chapter, Jesus is being baptized. And what he says is, uh, what, 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 it, what the scripture says happens is that when Jesus came out of the water from being baptized, uh, that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and that a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, What's important about this text is the fact that Jesus had not started his public ministry yet. So Jesus had not turned water into wine yet. 
He hadn't made the blind man see yet. He hadn't made the lame man walk. He hadn't given the sermon on the mount. He hadn't gone to Calvary yet. Um, he didn't. He didn't turn you know two fish and five loaves of bread and feed thousands. He hadn't done any of that stuff yet. Yet his father said, "This is my beloved son, and I'm well pleased with him." So what does that tell us? It tells us that before Jesus launched into his public ministry, he was already affirmed by his father. So he didn't do his ministry for affirmation from God. He did it from the affirmation of God. And so if you're talking about self-doubt, yeah, maybe you should doubt yourself a little bit, but maybe you should have confidence in, in who God has created you to be. And so I would say the same thing to each of us. Put your confidence and your faith um, in God and do what you do knowing, right? Knowing that if you do a really good job, God does not love you more because of that. Like if you, if you, I mean, I'm talking about if people are just slain, if people are just like fall out on the floor crying, you know, from your worship leading, God is not like, you know, I'm just so proud of my daughter. I'm so proud of my son. He's not, he said that before you ever got on the stage. He already loves you. He's already affirmed. You're already. And so when he, here's the cool thing that when you follow Jesus, when you trust Christ as your savior, as your Lord, then what happens is there's this thing called union life with Jesus. That it even says, the scripture says that on the day that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So what that means is, it's almost like, oh yeah, I got an envelope right here. It's like, it's like um, I got to open this envelope to make this, uh, and I'm sorry if y'all, if this is like, this is probably terrible audio. But for instance, say for instance, this is a bill here, right? And this is an envelope. This is you, and this is, this is Christ. This is the Holy Spirit. So the day that you believe, you got... You were in Christ, right? You're in Christ. And not only were you in Christ, not only are you in Christ, but then he puts you in and he, ah, and you're sealed. So what happens is it's no longer your life, but it's the life of Christ. You feel what I'm saying? It's no longer your life, but now it's the life of Christ. And everything that is true about Jesus now becomes true about you. And so that's where you get confidence from. When you, uh, so number one, you, you know, you do the simple things and, and I, and I'm glad I, I said that too, because it made me think a lot of people refer to David and they say like, David, like David was an anointed musician, right? He played spirit of song. He was anointed. The Bible never says that David was an anointed musician. Never says it. David, David was anointed to be king of Israel. What the Bible, when the Bible refers to David's musicianship, it says that he was skillful. The only way you can be skillful is if you practice. So that meant David probably practiced a lot. He was prepared. And so confidence comes from preparation and confidence comes from knowing that you are the beloved of God. You heard that, y'all. Correct. <laughs> Knowing that you're loved, God, I am loved. <laughs> I'm loved. Right. I never <laughs> That's right. Can I have a prophetic ministration? How can I have a? I'm sorry. You're you're break. I'm sorry. You're breaking up just a little bit. I'm so sorry. Say that one more time. Right. How can I have a prophetic ministration? Oh, you you saying a prophetic? Are you saying yeah? A 
a prophetic uh, ministry or administration? What did you say? Administration. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Oh, prophetic. Okay. So when you say prophetic, do you mean like, like being able to like flow and kind of like hear from God, like when you're in the moment and then just kind of go from that? That's what you mean kind of when you say that? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to make sure I'm hearing you good. So, um, so I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, <coughs> when, when we talk about like, and I, and it, this is important for, this is important for us as the body of Christ. Uh, it's important for us to, um, try our best to study the, study the word, study the word, right? Know the scripture. I can almost say like the same thing. I can almost give you the same answer that I gave from the last question that you asked um, for this one. In short form, to answer your question, it is to have relationship with Jesus, right? To, 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 to be, to, to know what his, what his voice sounds like. And that voice is not always audible. You know, it's not audible for everyone. Um, but to know him, right? So to, to know Jesus, for him to know you and to know his word, what does he say? Right? And the same thing, to know your music, to be prepared, to practice. Because it would be ashamed if like, if you, if you hear something in a moment and, you're, and, and you haven't practiced the chords or you haven't practiced vocally or you haven't practiced musically, to be able to execute whatever it is you're hearing in that moment. So again, it still goes back to preparation. You still got to practice. You got to prepare. You got to know your instrument, whether that instrument be your voice or that instrument be, you know, a guitar or a piano or drums or whatever that is. So preparation from that perspective, um, intimacy with Jesus. So that's just like prayer, right? And then yeah. also knowing the word. Here's why I'm saying that. Because technically, the biblical definition of prophecy, yes, there are some cases when they would say, where they say, like, hey, there's a prophet, and this prophet um, told, foretold about events that would happen, you know? Um, but typically, when the word prophecy is used in scriptures, and especially when it's talking about spiritual gifts, it's just all prophecy means is to declare the truth of the gospel. That's all it means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are telling of that you're a fortune teller. You're always telling of the future. And I think that's important. So I think a better word to what you're saying is saying, how do I operate in spontaneous? Yeah. Like worship. I think that's more of the word. Um, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of getting it. Cause, and, and, and I know I'm, it sounds like I'm nitpicking a little bit, but language Language is really important. Words really matter. And I know that's used a lot. I know you're not just saying, I know that's used a lot. Um, but that's what I would say. Because the reason why I say this is because sometimes um, I believe that we can, we can be obedient to the word of, of the Lord or to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, even in our preparation. If God is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing, if God is all-knowing, then why can't we ask God to move while we're planning the song? You know? And so I would even say that to say, like, to pray and say, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, 
you already know the people that are going to hear these songs, you already know what they're going through right now. Yeah. Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. Tell me what to sing. And he will even lead you in that. But then even when you're in the moment, sometimes, because the most, the reality is God is not really changing his mind. He already knows the beginning from the end. So sometimes we are the ones that are catching up to what he's doing. The Holy Spirit is always moving. The question is, are we moving with him? You know? So what I would say is, but still, there are still moments where you, you get this strong sense of like, okay, God is, God is doing something right now. So although he knows, sometimes he reveals something to us in that moment. And the only way you can do that is like, the more that you hear him and the more that you like know him, then the more you trust him. And that's happened to me. Like, I used to be really nervous to like, if I had this like impression on my heart that I was supposed to say something or I was supposed to do something and I was scared. I was like, what if I say this and this person be like, no, you're wrong. That's crazy. You know? Um, but then I, but then one day I, 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 I did, I felt this thing. I did it. And they were like, Oh my God, that was so right. How did you know that? And I was like, I didn't like the Holy spirit, <laughs> you know, say whatever. And the more, yeah. And the, and the more I, the more I, I, I started, I start I, now I begin to like, know what that feels like. I know what that feels like now, but that only comes from just like intimacy with Jesus. And also, but even when I say that, when I say like intimacy with Jesus, I'm not saying it's like, okay, you got to put in a certain amount of hours and then you'll be able to do it. If God speaks to any of us, it's a gift. You know, none of us, none of us deserve for him to, none of us deserve to even have, you know, any relationship with God. The reason we have relationship is not because of, how much we pray or how much we seek him it's because he he has sought us out so i want to be clear in that but um but that's what i would say so knowing your instrument um knowing your song so well that you can go in any portion of it um being intimate with god so you know so so you know like because because prayer is not just you talking to god it's also god talking to you so there's that. And then the other piece would be, um, the other piece that I would say is um, um, knowing your scripture, knowing the word, because the Holy Spirit is not going to say something um, the opposite of the word of God. That is important. So if you're in a moment, like, it's important, like, if you're feeling something in that moment, don't say something that's unbiblical. Yeah. Make sure that you know your scripture that so that what you're saying is in context with the scripture because the Holy Spirit will not be at war with himself. God, the spirit will not be, um, God, the spirit will not be um, conflicting with God, the word who is Jesus. So that's, that's important. So that's what I would say. I know it's a long answer, but. Yeah, it is. I really, understand that and i really love how you broke the broke it down and explained so long <laughs> i'm really glad so the next question this is okay. my question i want to know you know personally can you hear me clearly say that, say that one more time personally i have looked at your life brandon yes. lake tire gokraja and all of you guys one thing that is really evident is humility Mm. I want to know how can I stay humble? How can I not become proud at some point? 
after that, how do you guys do it? Like, I just, I really, I love that. I never want to go one day and be like, no, you can't talk to me like that. No, you can't yeah, talk yeah, yeah. to me. I be humble. How can I remain humble? Yeah, how do you remain? That's so good. How do you remain humble? Um, well, here's the first thing. The first thing is that um, humility is a fruit of the spirit. So one of the ways, again, it says the fruit of the fruit of spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, you know, um, self-control, um, gentleness. And so one of those things that, you know, that's part of the fruit of spirit is that, um, that that's part of the evidence that the Holy Spirit lives in you is that, is that you are humble. And so yeah. that's something that he, that he forms in you. But beyond that, there's nothing that we have done um, you know, God, it's, 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 it's Jesus's gospel, right? The gospel is Jesus's. Jesus is the creator of all things. It's his gospel. He's the one that came to earth. He's the one that died. He's the one that resurrected. In all, the whole good news is about him. He's the one that has created us. He's the one that has given us gifts. So what is there to be proud about? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's his world. We are his creation. It's his gospel. He's done all the work. Our righteousness and our holiness and our giftedness are all products of Jesus, not products of ourselves. So there's nothing like we, it went. So I'm saying that to say when you have clear perspective, like I have like my glasses on, when you have, when you use the, the gospel and the truth and the reality as the lens through which you look at life, then you've got no choice but to be humble. Um, when you just look at things, log that's just logic. Why would I be proud? The other part is like that the Holy Spirit in his, in his graciousness changes our hearts, transforms our minds, and, uh, and makes us more like him. I hope that helps and makes sense. Yeah, it sure did. Where does the initial idea of your songwriting come from? The initial idea, that's really good. That's really good. So, how do you write your songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. And so, I think a big part of it is this. Um, number one, songwriting to a degree is a gift. So I'm not gonna, just to be honest, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and just tell you that like, if you work hard enough, you'll be good as, you know, I don't know, whoever your favorite songwriter is, you'll be as good as your favorite songwriter if you just work hard enough. So there is, you do have to have a, it's just like singing. You have to have the basic like gift of singing to be able to sing. And then over time, if you work at that gift, like God has given you the gift, if you work at it, you can get better at it. So that's what I'll that's what I'll say from songwriting in general. But get to back to your question as far as you know, more specifically to your question. For me, song songs start for me with conversations or truth. It, it uh, I'm always inspired by an by an idea first. And then melody comes to me. That's my per that's that's my personal style and my personal thing is that I'll hear I'll be listening to a sermon or I'll be having a conversation um about something with a friend or just 
maybe dealing with something in my own life where maybe it's like God is teaching me something personally. And as I'm dealing, as I'm like walking through that, I'll give you an example. So my new song, uh, Perfect God, I was actually like having um, a conversation with another friend who's also a songwriter. And we were talking about when we write songs for the church um, that are, you know, because especially as worship leaders, like our job, right, is not necessarily to perform for people. Our job, and at the same time, it's also not our, like, it's like people just say, like, I'm performing for an audience of one. I'm only, this is only for God. It's like, nah, not when you're a worship leader, fam. Like, it's, it's like, yes, it is for the glory for God. It's, it's, it, it is, you worship lead for the glory of God, but also for the sake of the world. So your job as a worship leader is to create an environment where brothers and sisters can sing to our father. So, which is why a lot oftentimes in worship leading, you don't hear songs that, um, that have like a ton of changes and a ton of really difficult, but like the, the songs that people love the most are the songs that people who are not musical can sing. And if a song is like very, very, very difficult to sing, you might notice that people might not try to sing along as much because it's so hard to sing. So my point is, part of our job as worship leaders, it's not that it's like, oh, it's only for God. Like, yes, it's for his glory, but we, our job is to, let's create an environment so where everybody can sing to God. So you can't, as a worship leader, you can't ignore the audience. <laughs> although, although you are not performing for their, you're, you're not performing for their affirmation, but they are a factor, you know, in, in what you're doing. So that's my point is, those are things that you have to consider. I, you know, even as I've grown as a worship leader, even I've been at some churches where I've had to even consider like, this key of this song is most comfortable for me, but is, this, is that key comfortable for a person who's not a singer? Now, if I'm just an artist, if I'm just like a performance artist and, and like that's, there's nothing wrong with that, if my main goal is just like, I just want to put out albums and I just want to like express myself and share this with other people, then it doesn't matter what key I sing it in. It doesn't matter what I do. I can, I can sing the craziest stuff ever and God can still be glorified from that. But when you're in a like local church context, that's one thing to just consider with your songs. Anyway, the point is, when we're talking it back to the songwriting section of that, I just wanted to like really riff on that for a second. But back to the songwriting part of that, I was talking to my friend and we were talking about, hey, when you're making songs for the church, sometimes we, I've, we've noticed that for some of the songwriters, for some songwriters, that they spend a lot of time trying to like, it, it's become, you, we, got, we have gotten this feeling that sometimes it's become about trying, songwriting can become about trying to impress people with how good your writing is. Yeah, but the right. reality is, when you think about the scripture, when the scripture describes the angelic beings that are that, and one of the things they described about those angelic beings in Revelation about, it said they had eyes all over their body, and they were and and they were in the presence of God, and as they are adoring God, 
they're looking at God and the only thing, the only word that came to their mind was holy. And it literally says that as they've been in the presence of God, the only thing they've been saying for ages and will say is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God. And they just keep saying holy. So my point is, so when I wrote the song, Perfect God, that's why I said like, listen, don't kid yourselves. The greatest song that we could ever write will still fall short of describing how good God is. So that's why I wrote those words. I said, I said, what could we say? What words could explain the weight of your glory or the majesty of your name? What heart could fathom? What mind could imagine your intelligence? What words are adequate to praise a perfect God? How can an imperfect people and imperfect words express a perfect God? And so then I said, so we sing holy, holy are you, Lord, and all the earth will sing, and all your people sing. And then in the second verse, I said, what could we sing? What praise could we bring to tell of your goodness and the majesty of our king? What heart could fathom, what mind could imagine, your magnificence, what's, what song is adequate to praise a perfect God? So that's why, that's what I, so that's what I was actually inspired by with the song is like, and I'm kind of like playing on that. I'm like, I have this simple chorus. We're just singing holy, holy, holy. And then in the verses, I'm saying like, you're so magnificent. You're so intelligent. You're so massive. What could we, what, like, what could we bring to you? That would, that would be, that would, that would actually describe who you are. Let's not, I'm not even going to try to describe you. Like, because you're too good. You're too big. You're too great. So I'll just sing holy. Meaning you're different. You're set apart. You're, you're like, there's, there's, there is nothing like you. There is no one like you. You're just, you're just other. You're just God. And so that's kind of like, that was like the inspiration, you know, kind of behind that song. Another song, this, I, I, I released another single before that called Love Has a Name. And, um, and in the song it says, uh, it, uh, my pastor was actually praying in a service one day at the end of a service and he said he prayed and he just said love has a name and his name is jesus mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh that's so good i love that and so i immediately started writing and that and soon as he said that i heard in my head love has a name love has a name and his name is jesus and his name is jesus and so i immediately hear melodies when i hear truths like it just happens like other people i know people that like when they hear music they see colors I don't have that, but for me, when I hear truth, I, I hear sounds. It just happens to me. It's almost like God just downloads. It's not even like I come up with it. I just hear it. So anyway, all that to say, like, um, then I was like, ooh. So then I was like, ooh, love, who can find it? Oh, love, who can define it? It's the age-old question we've all, we all want to know. Hope isn't gone now. It's so, it's so dark, I can't see the sun now, but somehow... We got to keep keeping on and singing our song. And then the point is, so I'm always asking this question. So if love has a name and his name is Jesus, then I, I was saying in the verses, like, I'm asking a question of like, we're all looking for love. We're all looking for hope. We're all looking for joy. We're all looking for peace. And, that, and, and it's not found in anything. Peace has a name and his name is Jesus. Peace is a person. Love is a person. Joy and hope is a person, and that person is the God man, Jesus. So I'll stop. Thank you so much. That was so good. <laughs>
you know, personally, in my local church, okay, the church I used to attend, yeah. I was actually, so, what's the word now? I had all the zeal and all the energy. I wanted to sing. I wanted to write songs. But you were like, oh, sorry, you're too young. You can't be in this choir. So you have to go to, like, the children's church or somewhere. And yeah. I felt so frustrated. <laughs> I felt so frustrated. How do, you, how do you deal with the frustration? And another instance of frustration is when you're on the altar, you're trying to lead people into worship, but then they are reluctant, they do not want to worship, or something is going on with them that keeps yeah. them from, they can't stop flowing like they should. What do you, how do you deal with the frustration? No, that's so good. Well, the first thing that I would say is, um, to the first part of that, you were talking about you know, being young and stuff like that, and, and sometimes not being, um, you know, accredited as if you have something to, you know, say or something to like, you know, to, to bring value. Um, Paul tells Timothy at that time, he, Paul, Paul tells Timothy in the New Testament, he tells, he tells Timothy, like, look, do not let them devalue you because you're young, because of your youth. But basically says, in your words, in your deeds, just like honor God the best you can in your words and your deeds, because that's what matters. And in fact, a lot of the, we hear about all these like amazing stories in the Bible um, of people who did amazing things. David slaying Goliath, Mary, um, the three Hebrew boys. You, you, you hear all of these stories? All of these people were teenagers. David was like 16 or 17 years old when he slayed Goliath. You know, Mary was probably when she when she conceived, um, um, when she was conceived by the Holy Spirit with Jesus was probably 15 years old. You know, there's there's uh you know there's so many examples of people who did amazing things and they were they were very young. So don't let so let anyone despise you for that. God can do things through you, but don't try to force it. Your gift will make room for you. What you can do while you're in the waiting season, if God has you waiting for whatever reason, whether, what, like, the reality is you work for God, not for men. So sometimes people will try to devalue you because of your age or because of your youth. And so even if their intentions, you, you remember in the Bible, and I know we're, we got like, what, five minutes left? I don't know if you'll be able to extend it. It's saying we got like five minutes left on this, on this call. But, um, but anyway... When, when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, that was a negative thing. And those people who were even close to him despised him and sold him, right? But God allowed that negative thing to happen, even in his own family, to save an entire nation. So there were things that, although that was wrong, Joseph was... was Joseph, God was doing things and teaching Joseph lessons, and then Joseph ended up being um, in charge of, a, of, of the like second in command in Egypt. And when there was famine in the land, Egypt had all the resources, and he ended up saving the very people who um, who sold him into slavery. So, and Joseph said, "You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good." So, even if you're in a place where people are saying you can't sing or you can't do this right now, um. While you're in that season, let God work on your heart. Let him build your character and practice, 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 practice. You don't need an audience to practice. 
And I mean, even practicing the presence of God, meaning get by yourself and worship God in your room by yourself and know what his voice sounds like and understand his presence by yourself. And that's what's going to translate to an audience. The audience is not what affirms your anointing. It's God that affirms you and anoints you and chooses you. You feel what I'm saying? So that's important. The other thing I would say, last thing I'll say, um, if you're, so you said frustration when you're leading worship and it feels like people are not engaging. Two, th two things. First thing is um, what I said earlier. Lead from the affirmation of God, not for the affirmation. You don't need the affirmation of people to do what you're called to do. Because just because people that don't have their hands lifted or they might look like they're not connecting, you don't know what God is doing in their hearts. So don't worry about that. Make sure that when you're leading worship, you're, you're not, do you want people to lift their hands and sing to have a unique experience with God? Or do you want to know that you did a good job? That's what I would ask every worship leader. Why do we want people to engage? Do we, do we want to do it so we will feel affirmed or, set, or, or that they have a genuine experience with Jesus? And I pray that it's that they have a genuine experience with Jesus. The second thing real quick um, before we run out of time, um, and if we need to jump back on, that's fine with me. But uh, the other thing that I would say is when you're leading the worship, the word minister literally means to serve. So when you're singing and you're ministering through worship, you're there to give. You're not there to receive. So when you're leading worship, you can't force people into worship. You can't, you, you get what I'm saying? You, you can't, you can't like, a lot of times people say like, lift your hands. Oh, y'all not worshiping God or y'all not, you know, whatever the case may be like, oh, he's been better than that. Like you can't coerce, you can't force people into like relationship with God. But what you can do is invite them into the presence of God. So know the Bible, know the scripture, know the gospel, present the gospel, right? And then, and then, and then invite people into that beauty, inviting people into the beauty of that. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Last question, quickly. Someone asked this, how can I spend more time with God? For instance, because I also have that issue. Sometimes I get distracted by my Instagram, by yeah. my friends. I want friends or stuff, but and most of the time, weeks go by, and I haven't spent time with God. Well, how do I do it? How do I spend time with God? How do I make it my priority? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I have, I have problems. I'm on my Instagram too much, too, so I get it. Um, but I'll say um, the main thing is just um, that that's always going to be a journey. Um. An interviewer asked, um, I don't know if you heard uh, the, the the apologist and philosopher and, and preacher, Ravi Zacharias, he passed recently this week. Um, and he was in his 70s and probably one of the most biblically knowledgeable people I've ever heard in my life. And they asked him, what is, what, what's one thing he wished he, he could do more? And he, and he said, you know, I wish I had more time. I mean, I wish I spent more time in the word. I wish I spent more time praying. And so... Um, that will be a journey for our entire life. You'll always feel like there's more that you could do. But one thing to just encourage you um, is that it, your time with God doesn't always have to be a quiet time. 
all of life is worship. Everything that you do is worship. So even All right, sounds good. All right, peace. What's up? We're back. So we stopped at um, spending more time with God. But yeah. It talks about it's not a destination, it's a journey. Yes. So, yes. So, yes. I, I, yeah. So, spending time with God. So, the point is, the point that I was making is that you don't have to, um, it's, I think there are, there are, it, it's good to have um, quiet times, but like, that's not what relationship with God is. So, relationship with God is not solely based on that. Um, uh, Romans chapter 12 says this. It says, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercy of God, present your present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In essence, he's saying, not just physically your bodies, but he's saying, present your whole self as a living sacrifice. This is your true and your proper worship. Meaning, um, that our, our, our entire lives, our entire lives, not just moments, not just in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening when we take that you know hour or 30 minutes or five minutes or whatever, it's our whole life. So as we're going through the day, if we're driving somewhere, if we are, um, you know, if we're, you know, at work or doing schoolwork, taking a moment, you know, like, um, you know, even in those times to just um, to quickly, quietly pray, you know, um, that we don't have we don't have to wait for a specific time or a specific moment to um, to. Uh, to talk to God, and that's what is so that like that is the whole gift of the Holy Spirit, is that we are able to approach the throne of grace with boldness at any time, and so um, but also not just in that way, but also the way that we approach what we do, the way that we approach our jobs, the way that we approach our schoolwork, the way that we treat our neighbor, the way that we treat our uh, our friends, and even maybe our enemies, you know. Um, the way that we treat people, the way that we approach life, the way that we parent, the way that we, every, everything that we do um, is an act of worship um, to God because all of life is worship. So that's what I would say. Number one, that you will always feel like you need to spend more time. Um, but number two, um, it doesn't have to be a formal, it doesn't always have to be a formal thing where you get on your knees in a quiet room at a quiet, like, it, like that's not, it's not always that. It's not, like, sometimes life is going to be busy and loud. Um, but speaking to what you said with Instagram and things of those natures, um, you know, I think it is important to kind of, like, look at that and try to curb that as much as you can. Like, if you feel yourself getting, uh, uh, you know, anxious or you feel yourself um, comparing yourself a lot or, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm not a person that's like, oh, delete the app altogether, but maybe give yourself times during the day where you can do it. Even if you don't, you know, you know, or say, I'm only going to do it or these hours, I'm not going to be on my phone at all, or I'm going to, or whatever the case may be, or I'm not going to, or I will shut this app down at these times. So you don't even have to be like cold turkey, like we're cutting everything off. Um, maybe, maybe it, I mean, if you feel like I, I've done that at times, I've like taken a month or taken two months and like not done any social media for that for that purpose but yeah so but that's what i would say <laughs> so what's your advice to young worship leaders like me yeah um honestly all the things i said earlier um uh practice 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 
work on your gift, study people um, who you um, who you really honor and respect, study them, and um, and maybe see, you know, what is it about them that kind of makes them who they are. Um, uh, mentorship is important, you know. If you if you if you do find somebody maybe in your local community or in your local church or something like that that you there's something about their life that you love um ask them questions and and you know see you know see if they can mentor you that's what's really important like and sometimes you're sometimes the best mentors aren't even worship leaders sometimes the best mentors are just people that like really love jesus and his light just emanates from their life so i i would say that um again um know the word of god like seriously um and you know there are resources that are really good too because a lot of people you know just because somebody is like holding a bible in their hand and talking about the bible doesn't mean they're talking about it in the right context if that makes any sense um so i would say um some good resources are is there's an app there's an app called Faith Life Study Bible. Um, I really highly recommend that one. Um, it's a free app, but it gives you, um, you're able to read through the scriptures, but also it has um, like references that tell you the context. This is the historical context. This is what the author meant. This is what was happening during that time. Here's things, or here's another scripture that is that this scripture is referencing. Um, things like that. Also, um, Another one is free Bible is a website. It's called freebiblecommentary.org, actually. Freebiblecommentary.org. It's a guy, it's a, a guy named uh, Dr. Bob Utley who has all types of commentaries. There are um, video commentaries, audio commentaries, written commentaries from the New Testament and the Old Testament. And whenever you're like reading through a scripture or trying to understand something, when you find that scripture, go check out freebiblecommentary.com and just see dot org i'm sorry dot org and see like hey what 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 did this scripture actually mean um so i would say do that obviously you know study some you know uh solid uh biblical um um teachers um you know my pastor is a really good one dr Derwin gray we're transformation uh transformation church but we're the one in south carolina not michael todd that's that's not my um pastor he's he's good too but that's not that's not who i'm talking about but um him he's good I mean, there's a lot. There's a there's a there's a lot of good. Um, there's a lot of good ones. But but the point is, try your best to like study scripture and 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 read and understand the scripture in the correct context, um, because we have a responsibility. One of the things I would want young worship leaders to know is that singing isn't just, leading worship isn't just about emotion and leading worship. Yes, emotion is definitely involved, and we should do it with passion, with all of our heart and our mind. But a lot of times we'll leave out the mind. We'll say like with all of your, like, you know, people are just very passionate, but they just completely like, like um, dismiss the mind. And um, for young worship leaders, two scriptures I would want you to write down and remember. Um, the first one is Colossians 3.16. And it basically says, um, uh, Colossians 3.16 and Colossians 5 chapter, I'm sorry, not Colossians, Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 18 and 19, I believe it is. Uh, let me grab my Bible just to be certain. I'm pretty sure that's where I put my Bible. I got a bunch of Bibles in here. I moved, I think I moved, 
I think I moved. I got like I know. Oh, here, here it goes. So <laughs> I'll read it. Now. I'll read it now. Uh, the first one is uh, Colossians. Um, well, I'll do the I'll do the Ephesians five eighteen and um and nineteen. And here's what it says. Uh, it says. Uh, oh yeah, I'll start with seventeen actually. Uh, Ephesians chapter five verses seventeen. It says, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So, um, um, so the reason this is important is because what this scripture is saying, what psalms and hymns and spiritual songs are, one of the functions of music um, is, one of the functions of music is, or one of the benefits of music is that that's one of the ways that you are filled with the spirit. Man. And it literally says, it literally says, don't be drunk with wine, right? Because wine, or don't be drunk with wine because wine leads to reckless living. But it says, be filled with the spirit. Now, why would he bring up wine? Like, why, why like, why, like, no, he's, he's actually trying to give you a picture here. So if you notice, if you get drunk, you drink a lot of alcohol and then you get, you start getting drunk. When you get filled with alcohol, right? And in fact, in a lot of places, they call alcohol spirits. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before, but it'll say like wine and spirits in an alcohol store. So, so anyway, but the point is you drink a lot of alcohol, then it begins to change. It, 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 it begins to make you wobbly or it'll make you, uh, it, it, it'll make you uh, funny or it'll make you silly or whatever. It, it impairs you and it changes the way that you talk. It changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you walk and live. So he's saying that on purpose. He's saying, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with that type of spirit, but be, but, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, he changes the way you talk. He changes the way you think. He changes the way you walk. He changes the way you live. And he's saying one of the ways that we are filled with the Spirit is by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making music to God. So I would want a young worship leader to know the weight that that this is one of the ways personally and even uh to the question you asked before this you know i want to spend time with god one of the ways you can spend time with god is by singing you know get a song like you know in your in, on your phone and your airpods or whatever you got to do or you know or whatever and find some songs that speak of the truth um at different moments of your life and just play that song in the background and just listen to it and just let the words edify you and just get filled with the spirit. And so even as you're working, as you're doing your homework, you know, you can do that anytime. And that's spending time with God because you're, 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 you're reflecting on his goodness, reflecting on his nature. And even in that, even in those times, he can even be doing something in you right there. So that's one of the ways you can spend time with God as well. Uh, the other is Colossians. Uh, the other one, the other one is Colossians. Three sixteen. Uh, three sixteen. Yes. Let me find it. Where's that thing at? Okay. 
But basically what that one says, it says, um, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you by singing psalms and hymns. There we go. By singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let me read it. 3.16. Yeah, let the, let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So these two scriptures tell, uh, tell us the responsibility that we have. So he's saying, in essence, he's saying that one of the ways that we can, number one, Ephesians, be filled by the Spirit, and number two, grow in our knowledge of God. Grow in our knowledge of the gospel. Grow in our discipleship is by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So worship leading is not just about having a moment. Worship leading is actually teaching people. We are discipling our congregations with the songs that we choose, which is why it is important to know the Bible, like know, like know your scriptures, study it, because sometimes there are songs, there are songs that, are, that, that, that sound good and they feel good, but the words of them are not biblically accurate. And yeah. you know what I mean? And, and so you could be, and so a lot of times, yeah, I, I bet you, I'm willing to bet you that if we were to sit in a service at almost any church, that people could tell you quicker the songs that were sung that Sunday than even telling you three points, three points that the pastor actually preached. Because music has an ability, which is why when we learn the ABC song, we will learn our ABCs, they, they connect it to songs. Because even scientists know that music is connected to learning and our ability to, re to remember. So they'll say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? And then they'll go through that home, which is Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. So they took the melody of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and teach and taught us how to learn our ABCs. And so even they know that in elementary schools. So in the same way, for us as musicians, it is a, it is, it is a, it is a, it is a sacred, it is a sacred opportunity and responsibility to lead worship. It's not about you. It's not about just the music, but the music is the tool that helps people be filled with the spirit. And the music is a tool that disciples people in the gospel. You're teaching your congregation. You're shepherding and pastoring your con con congregation through the song. So even be careful with the songs that you choose. I have to do it all the time. We've come to the end of this podcast, but I really want to ask, I, I think I have questions to ask, I don't know if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, give me one more. <laughs> so, um, which one should I ask her? What can I say before leading worship? Is this not my question? It's a question I got from a friend. Like, what should okay. I say before leading worship? Like, lift your hands, or close your eyes, or something. You, you're... Okay, you said, uh, okay, you broke up a little bit. So you said, do, are you saying, should we do that? Should we tell people to lift their hands or close their eyes? Like you're saying, is that okay to, to do? Yeah, you said, or the, what should I say before leading worship? Oh, what should I say? Like, yeah, what should, yeah, what should I say? That's really good. That's really, really good. I, I think, I, I personally think, it is more like I think if you 
even if you tell people to lift their hands or close or whatever it is that you tell them to do, like tell them why, like you're teaching them. So I think that's totally okay because there's sometimes when I can, I can sense when I'm leading worship and I'm looking at the audience that's in front of me, the congregation, and I can sense of like, a like, I can just tell in general, like, oh, this has been a heavy week. Or I can tell people like, I can just sense like by the Holy Spirit that like people are going through a lot. So sometimes I'll even tell people, I was like, hey, why don't we just pause for a moment? Why don't we just pause for a moment and, and let the Lord speak to us? I know we've been going, we probably, everybody's probably been moving at a really fast pace. There might be a lot going on in your life right now. Why don't we just pause and reflect on the goodness of Jesus, on his mercy towards you? Just pause and think, you know, and sometimes just that little moment can like change, you know, completely change people's because sometimes think about it, people have a lot going on in their personal lives. And so sometimes they walk in the door and the heaviness of life is just on them. And sometimes they need to be reminded of God's goodness um, and the things that God has already done, you know, um, for us all. And so um, so I would say that um, I would also um, I would encourage um, again, I'm always going back to like, know the scripture, know the word, point people to that scripture. You can literally, you can be like, you can, you can literally say like, you're going into a song. You can say Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. My, my soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Come magnify the Lord to me. Let us exalt his name together. And you can say, like, that's what, this, that's what this psalm says. So no matter what you're going through today, I don't know what you're dealing with today, but let's make a decision in our hearts that we will bless the Lord. We will worship him because as we worship, God is fighting on our behalf. You know, like, like and, then, and then invite them into that moment. You know, that's just an example of just one scripture, but uh, connect it to, connect the, connect the scripture to what the song is saying, you know? So, I mean, I don't know, like, you know, it, it, so that's what I would say, like, know your scripture, but make it more of an invitation. Don't make it like you're trying to pull people into worship. Just invite yeah. them, just invite them and say, look, I don't, you know, um, you know, you, you know, just, you, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. Just, just invite people into it. Be gentle, be gentle. You don't have to, you don't have to like force people and people are a lot more likely to do it because it's sometimes there's just a natural like rebellion when somebody's trying to make you do something. And even if they yeah. do lift their hands, if they're kind of like, okay, whatever, you know what I mean? Then like their heart isn't in it. And so it doesn't matter, you know? So just, I would just say like, you know, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to force people into it. Just, you know, let them. Thank you so much. Oh, welcome. Really welcome. Yeah. So I want you to do this again some other time. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We can definitely do that. We can definitely do that at some point for sure. Um, but uh, anyway, all right. Well, it was great to hang out with you. And yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Godspeed to you. Let me know when you release it. Tag me when you release it and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about your future. Uh, let me pray for you real quick. And so, uh, uh, Jesus, I thank you for my, my little sister, Laura. I thank you for um, all that you're doing in her life, how you are conforming her to your image and how you've given her a passion 
um, to worship you and to lead others in worshiping you. And so I pray that she would be um, rooted and grounded, deep roots in your love, deep roots in, in, in her identity in you. And God, I pray um, that your hand would just be upon her life um, and that you would reveal yourself to her in, in such unique ways. And God, I pray that you would give her confidence in you. I pray that you would, that you would speak to her in ways that you've never spoken to her before. And I pray that her ears and her eyes would be open um, to perceive what, what your will is for her life and to, and to know your will um, and to be obedient to that. So I pray for, for, for extra measures of grace, extra measures of zeal. Um, and God, I pray um, that many people would come to know you um, through the life of her ministry and that she would encourage so many other people who also want to, to lead worship um, and be obedient to, to your will. And uh, so we thank you and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, right. You're so welcome. Have a good one, okay? Yeah. Bye. Bye. Wow, you stayed this long. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for staying with us till the end. And we really hope that this podcast has blessed you. If you love this, you're definitely going to love the next interview with Cody A.S. It was so good we had to do a part two because... My head was like, I felt like my head was about to blow up because it, it was saying so many truths of the word of God. And it was really good. Check it out and remain blessed. Have a great day and have a great night if you're in the night. <laughs> Bye.